Right, I would like to know what is Hydroease. Hydroease is Northern Ireland's only flotation centre, but also a recovery centre. So I do lots of stuff around, lots of different approaches to recovery, the main one being flotation. Very good, flotation. Okay, and why did you set up Hydroease? I set up Hydroease because I <clears throat> floated for the first time in 2004 and absolutely loved it. And from at that first float, I had this creative kind of vision of opening a float centre and it being for, you would have set days for addiction, we'd have set days for pain management, we'd have set... So I had this whole dream and then worked on it on an unconscious level for 10 years. Moved to Northern Ireland in 2010 and worked in the charity and voluntary sector. So I worked with um, a CERT and done quite a lot of stuff around strategic action planning for areas which was good, but it was a step removed from where I really wanted to be, which was working with people. Okay. I then moved over to FASA, which was a forum for action and substance abuse, and done trauma and addiction work with them. So again, got back into working one-to-ones. And I remember then thinking, if we had a float tank, it would be fantastic. But you know, a decent tank would cost you 10, 15,000 pounds. But because I'd been following the industry for loads for the last 10, 12 years, um, there's a company in England who are kind of at the forefront. They're the ones who are the most innovative. They have, um, you know, technology and design. They're right up there with it. So they, um, I was chatting with them, and I was chatting with a guy, Dr. Justin Fenstein from the Laureate Brain Institute in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and he, um, they're doing a lot of work around trauma and around how flotation impacts the default mode network within the brain, which is a salient. Um, mode, which is part of your amygdala, so it's the fight or flight response, and the whole impact that it has on that. And um, and he was saying when I was chatting with him, he was saying, you know, if you're looking, Northern Ireland has the highest rate for PTSD in the whole world. And when I was chatting, and we also have tw- in the whole world. That was a study <laughs> that was done at Ulster um, in December 2011. So that was five years ago. Um, and he was saying, you know, if you're looking to target people with anxiety-based disorders, you should really be looking to have cabins because tanks, you climb in the tank and you close the lid on top of yourself, which, you know, somebody with anxiety, I've got this great cure. Come and climb in this coffin-like structure. Close the lid on top of yourself. They're going to be like, there's no way. So we then decided. So it went from being a sort of £15,000, £20,000 budget kind of project plan um, to almost a hundred thousand pound centre. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we we just thought, do you know what? See if we're going to do it. We as well doing it right. Mm-hmm. So as I say, I've took guidance and advice, and you know all these things from the world leaders in design and technology of the cabins, from researchers, from scientists, from float enthusiasts, from other um, float centre owners. I um, was in America in August, meeting up with them all, and at a conference, and it's the only conference in the world. So went there and met up with everybody and you know, found out what everybody else is doing and, and what's working for them and what's not working. So it's been a journey and a half. As well as that night, we're <coughs> only after doing Havening. Uh-huh. Okay, literally just there now. Can you tell me a wee bit about that? Right. Havening is... Um, Havening is a new... There's, as it is just now, there's kind of two pillars in, mm-hmm. um, in therapy. So you have your, your um, pharmacology, which is your medications, and you have your psychology, so, you know, your talk therapies. Psychosensory is this new third pillar, <clears throat> which involves touch. Now, normally, the therapy is, like, 
you touch your clients. Oh my goodness! Um, but it creates there's there's a whole science behind the back of it. But and what it does is it's amygdala depotentiation depotentiation um, therapy. So when the amygdala is the fight or flight, if it's constantly going on, what happens is you create what's called an amperoceptor, which is like a really sensitive alarm that's on top of your fight or flight response. So when anything that's connected with that triggers that off, it sets off. Now, it may be something that's happened 20 years ago, and this has taken 20 years to manifest itself. So what happens is in havening, it allows you to unhook the emotional content. So And there's lots of different things you can do with it. So you can if it's, you know, if it's a, a negative emotion, so if it's maybe anger or frustration or something like that, you can work on that. If it's an actual event, you can work on that. If it's a preferred outcome, you can work on that. So there's lots of different things you can do with it. It's going to be huge. It's going to be absolutely huge. Tell me this. Where did old MacDonald come from? <laughs> from a farm. Uh, oh, right, no. <laughs> Why was I singing? <laughs> the reason that you do that is because it starts to... Um, almost like scramble what you're doing. Your brain can't focus on doing... So you you had an event that was activated, and by activating that event, what then happens is it then has a knock-on effect to all the other different responses, the internal responses you have when you think about that event. If we then get you to focus on something else and focus on something else, what happens is you can't focus on too many things at once. As well as that, you're having the stimulation from the sensory. So everything together just starts to change the neurological pathways. So it just change how you've, changes how you've processed the trauma within um, the, the limbic system, basically. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Very good. Okay, can you tell me what your thoughts are on mental health in Northern Ireland right now? Um, my thoughts on mental health in Northern Ireland right now. Um, I suppose are my thoughts on mental health just in general. I think it's yeah. quite a dated system that we use. Um, you know, if you have, and it's, you know, there's there's still a huge stigma around around mental health, and you know, for us to have the highest rate for trauma in the world, we're a tiny wee country, and mm-hmm. um, for us to have a 25% higher instance of mental health than the rest of the UK tells me that there's something there's something here and I mean is it, there's a whole plethora now of evidence around um, generational trauma around people you know epigenetics people handing things on people passing things on through DNA and various things like that which we thought before you know couldn't be done um, <clears throat> but even in terms of learned behaviors so we have uh, we have a generation of people who've been through some some horrific things on their own streets and towns, you know, and, and it's almost like we hit a peace process and it was like, <coughs> right, on we go. And it was and it was almost like, right, that's us back to normal again. Um, and there was, I think there was a huge kind of undercurrent of, um, you know, of people who were highly traumatised but were kind of, sure that happened to everybody, what does it matter? And here we are 20 years post-trauma, and as I was saying earlier about trauma and how it manifests, it's now that we're starting to kind of see the impacts of that. Um, so I think, you know, I think Northern Ireland has a really, because we are such a small country and because we do have the highest rates, there's a real opportunity here for us to, to be world leaders in various different things. I mean, in terms of the flotation, um, you know, it's really coming out as one of the, a really beneficial treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder, for anxiety, um, you know, various fibromyalgia. I mean, fibromyalgia, in my personal opinion, and fibromyalgia, PTSD or PTSI, whatever you want to call it, is storing the trauma in the central nervous system. Fibromyalgia is storing the trauma in the peripheral nervous system. We have over 3% of the population here who have fibromyalgia. It's only 1.7 to 2% for the rest of the UK. Mm. So that correlates with us having the highest rate for PTSD. So I think um, 
it's so like our med our our whole sort of medical system is doctor come come to me with your problem I'll give you a pill and that is it. If you only ever mask symptoms, you're never ever getting to the mm. root cause of anything. Of course, yeah. And I think it's time for Northern Ireland to get to the root cause and to to stop this generation from handing on to the next generation, to the next generation, to the, and just keep it going like that. Um, so I, I think, as I say, I think we're at a really an exciting, and I think there's been quite a sort of recognition of that as well. You know, in terms of the the political kind of viewpoint in Northern Ireland. Um, I think there's only so many... Th- I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. And I think people are kind of getting to where now that they're like, oh, let's not do this again. <laughs> do you know? And they're, they're looking at alternatives, they're looking at other things. I mean, we have people that come in here who have came off, you know, things like amitriptyline, um, tramadol, you know, heavy medications, Lyrica, um, you know, really heavy medications, because they're creating that mind-body connection. And what tends to happen in trauma as the two components become disconnected. Um, but even in terms of, like, we'd have people that come in and they'll say, oh, you know, I've pulled something in my back and I was just getting a bag out the back of the car and, and I'd say, right, and, and have you had a pain there for a while? Oh, well, I suppose I've had it for about, I couldn't be about the last couple of years. And it's like, right, so you chose to completely ignore your body telling you that you have, you have, you have a sensitive point or you have a, you know, a weak spot or you have some kind of damage or whatever. You've just chose to ignore that. But also... When so say you have a sore back, it might not actually be a sore back. It might be something that's stuck, and, and you know it might be an emotional blockage that's manifesting as a sore back. It might be a muscle. It might be something a nerve trapped up in the neck here, but it's, that's where it's travelling, and this is where it's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a huge reliance on end of organ care. So, right, sore back. Right, we'll medicate you for a sore back. You'll get, um, uh, you know, we'll give you uh, what's it called again. My head's went now. That's okay. Um, physiotherapy. You know, we'll give you physiotherapy for a sore back, when sometimes that's no... It's just that's where the body's freeing that pain out. But it might be stuck somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Generally, it is. Do you know, and as I say, in terms of PTSD being stored in the peripheral nervous system and fibromyalgia in the... Uh, sorry, PTSD in the central nervous system and fibromyalgia in the peripheral, then there's a huge sort of correlation there between, you know, physical... Mental pain manifesting as physical pain. And physical pain, because there's two types of pain pathways. So there's fast pain, which if you... So say I dropped that chair on my foot, I would, the messages would go from my foot to the front part of my brain, 40 miles an hour, telling me, move your foot, that, and I'd be jumping about going, ah, my foot, my foot, and I'd be singing. If I had a, um, a, you know, something like chronic um, back pain that was constantly... Um, throbbing or putting or you know burning or nipping or whatever it was takes a totally different pathway and it goes up through the limbic system and it travels at roughly three miles an hour now your limbic system is your main mood center so if you have a pain pathway that's constantly going through that then your mood and stuff's going to come down so physical pain can manifest as as, you know as, as mental pain as well you're more prone to depression you're more prone to anxiety low mood all these things are interlinked because the mind and the body is is one and I think for a long time we kind of seen them as two separate entities when they're not. That's brilliant. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> thank That's you very much. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. That's brilliant. Very thank welcome. you.